live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio, it's The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money. I'm George Campbell, host of the Entree Leadership Podcast, fine print, and co-host of Smart Money Happy Hour, joined by the host of The Ken Coleman Show, you guessed it, Ken Coleman himself, next to me, taking your calls on money, on career, on life. Whatever's on your mind, America, maybe you got some goals that you have set out for 2023, some resolutions. We want to help you get there and give you hope in every area of life. It's a free call at 888-825-5225. Anne kicks us off in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Anne, welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hi there. Happy New Year. How are you all? You as well. We're doing great. How can we help today? Good, good. Well, I have two questions for you. So the first one um, is how to approach my individual contributor role when I really don't have a desire to move up into management, although I do value recognition and achievement. And then my, my second question is whether or not it's a wise move to join the Air Force Reserves or the Air National Guard within the next year or two, um, knowing that the past two years have been full of a lot of change and a lot of trauma for me. So it's, it's kind of a twofold question for you okay, all. Okay, wow. Now we've got some real depth here. So let's let's go for number one first. Does that sound okay? Sure. That's great. So that the heart of your question is what? I heard what you said. Okay, I want to grow or I want to be recognized. I love the way you put it. You want recognition, uh, but you don't want to be promoted into a leadership position. Am I understanding that? That is correct. I love growing accounts and I love earning more money and being wise with that money, but I don't necessarily want to move into a management role Um, Whereas my organization I'm at right now is run by former consultants who are really demonstrating that up or out kind of method of dealing with attrition. Um, And I'm also getting some uh, mixed messages from my direct manager who very kindly has said, I'm the best person on the team and she needs me, so she can't promote me. So I'm I'm getting some mixed messages. And what I really want to do is, you know, be the best individual contributor I can be and be wise with my money. Well, it sounds like that's really what I want to do. So it sounds like to me, the message that matters is your director is your direct uh, leader. And Mm -hmm, I would tell mm -hmm. that leader, hey, um, this is a match made in heaven. Because right. I don't want to lead. I, in fact, yeah. I get a little bit of, of of anxiety when I hear that these consultants and our leaders are kind of going up or out or whatever. I feel like I've gotten that message. But I got to tell you, I'm as happy as I can be in the role that I'm in, crushing it. And I want to get mm-hmm. more, I want to make more money and I want to make the organization more money. So I make more money so I can manage my totally. money well. I want to stay in this type of role. I'm happy to be your top performer. Please protect me because I don't want right. to be promoted into a leadership role. But this is what's weird about George, uh, our Western hemisphere. The way we, we treat promotions, it's like, well, you got to move up the ladder. Instead of going, what do you want to do more of? Do you want to make more money and do a little bit more of this? You know, why does it always have to be, I'm going to pull you out of the seat where you're crushing it, put you in a seat where you may not want to be. You may not want right. to lead people, but you might be the best salesperson. So they go, well, she needs to be over to the sales team yeah. and lead them. So and then I, you're miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think the answer to number one is, reaffirm what your leader's telling you and going, I'm as happy as can be. Protect me and I want to stay here. All I want to do is is keep performing better, get paid more, 
and spend that money wisely. That's that's what mm-hmm. I think. Okay. You got that okay. one? I like that. I like it. Love it. Thank now, you. Now, <laughs> the, the second one, because I want George to jump in on this retirement thing, but I've got to ask George, um, when you say you've been through a lot of change and trauma, uh, whatever you're comfortable sharing, I'm just curious what that has been and how long that's been going on. Sure. No, I'm very happy to share. And there, there's actually some great changes in that, but also some some changes that were um, just a, a lot to deal with and heal with. So in the last two and a half years, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I, I got sober. I moved across the country. Thank you. Thank you. I had a major surgery and a traumatic divorce. I lost over 110 pounds. I changed companies and I was finally diagnosed and treated for ADHD. So lots of great things in there, but also lots of things that make me pause and say, okay, I want to make sure that I'm making the right decision because this would be like a 20, it didn't have to be a 20 year commitment, but I'm looking at a 20 year commitment in the reserves or the guard because it's important to me. I want to serve my country and do something beyond myself. All right. So that leads to what I was really going to dive into and let George talk about it as a retirement option. Sounds like to me, you want to serve your country more than you're just trying to juice your retirement benefits, but that is kind of a benefit, pardon the uh, the metaphor here. Is that what I'm hearing? I would say that's correct because I couldn't even tell you the dollar amount that those <laughs> that, that retirement would be. It's much more about serving my country. Um, also family lineage, my grandfather and my father both served, and this is really important to me. Would it stress you out, your current family relationship life? I know you're just recently divorced, and I'm so sorry about that. But would this you. extra time uh, in serving our country, do you have margin for that to where it's not a negative? Would it affect other parts of your life, your job, anything like that? No. In fact, uh, at my job, most of us have served in some capacity. I'm also single and happily child free. Um, so I don't view it. I, know, I, I don't think it would. I mean, it would. Here's the truth. It would take away from my yoga on the weekends. That's what it would take away. From. We can live with that. <laughs> exactly. Namaste. Oh, exactly. There you go. Namaste. Well, well then I would wow. do it and yeah. I would do it for the I only reason too. that you want to serve your country and anything else right. is just an auxiliary benefit that's a nice to have but i would never do it for the retirement benefits and it sounds like based on what you told me your heart is in the right place with this um and i would pursue it if i were you if that if that's what's uh where your heart's saying to go then the retirement benefit is just part of the package do you have retirement as part of your current job I do. I do. Um, however, I've worked at startups for the last about eight years or so. Um, however, I've had very steady employment at startups, but we all know how startups go. So that's always kind of in the back of my head. Like I've got a great retirement, consistently putting 15% a year towards that. But I do feel a little bit behind. I didn't really get my first like grown up job until the last about eight years or so. So a little bit of it. Yeah, there is part of me that wants to make sure I'm playing catch up, but that's not the main motivator behind this. Are you debt free? I am. I'm debt free. I'm on baby step 3B right now. Awesome. So soon you're going to be a homeowner. That's going to help you build wealth. What's your income? Yes, sir. Uh, one twenty-five. I make one hundred twenty-five thousand a year. Oh, That's I love awesome. it. You are going to retire with yes. plenty of dignity and plenty of time to enjoy as much yoga as you can handle. 
you'd probably be teaching the class by then based on how I'm talking. Well, we are so proud of you. Uh, Honored to talk with you, Anne, and thank you in advance for serving this great country. What a cool call. A lot to to manage there, Ken, but she's very well-spoken. And if I was uh, hiring, I'd hire Anne. Yeah. Sounds great. And I think, by the way, she said uh, learned ADHD, and she's... but, But... there was a woman that Nothing's was highly focused, her. and she's live and just rattling it off. And I think the serving is a great way to heal. Huge. This is The Ramsey Show. the Ramsey Show. Happy New Year to all of you listening out there. And while most of you are saying good riddance to last year because it was hard enough just to keep gas in your car and food in your fridge, uh, money's still tight and you're wondering right now, is 2023 going to be any different? Well, guys, you do not have to live through another year of stress and worry, regardless of what is happening in the economy. And that's why I want you to watch Building Wealth in 2023, our free live stream event on January 12th, because we want to show you that you can still make progress on your goals. You can build wealth. You can have peace with money. Even in this crazy inflationary time, regardless of what's happening in the White House, you can do this stuff. So during this event, you're going to hear from myself, Dave Ramsey, Rachel Cruz, Dr. John Deloney, and Ken Coleman. We're going to talk about how to set goals and create margin so that you can build wealth this year. We're going to have some fun, and you're going to leave fired up for 2023. And even if the economy still feels out of control, you don't have to. You can control the controllable. So register for this free live stream. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash wealth. That's RamseySolutions.com slash wealth. Uh, George, I have a non-money question, but I think the audience uh, would They're like wondering. to weigh in on this. All right. All right. How long can you say Happy New Year? Ooh. At, at what point, in other words, at what date on the calendar in January, James, you can weigh in on this. James, our, our, our uh, fearless producer. What is the date by which you window? go, you stop saying Happy New Year? Because everybody's saying Happy New Year, and I want to keep it going on the calls today. Is there a date? I've got a hot take, Ken. I think the further the relationship, the longer window you have. And I think 30 days is the longest window. Yeah. So friends and family, you get two days. I go January fifteenth. I think after the on the sixteenth, it's time to we're it's drop t- it. We're all, we know we're all happy. Well, by then I'm just learning to write 2023 instead of 2022. Yeah. What do you say, James? To me, like a couple days. Like oh, a couple I'll say days. it to people at work today because it's the first day back seeing them. But, yeah, but starting tomorrow, if you see James in the wow. hallway. Yeah, but Ken, I think it goes to how, I don't have a like problem. you said how much you know the person if you don't know them very well and you're you're scraping the bottom. You know, if it's of the, the teller the at the bank and it's January seventeenth, they might say Happy New Year. I That's have okay. the same question about that first email to somebody in a professional context of the New Year. Like, at what point do you not say, "Hope you had a wonderful holiday season. Your year's off to good start." Like, is it February one? Yeah, holiday season gets a little tricky too, Ken. There's a lot of holidays. How yeah. long are we stretching the season for? Yeah. The older I get, folks, the crankier I get on this issue. I just think if you want to say Happy New Year, fine. Don't expect me to say it. You're turning this into a Seinfeld bit. What's the deal with Happy New Year? What are we doing? Well, I just How think long? we all know that we want you to have a Happy New Year. You know, I don't. I don't ever see somebody and go, "Crappy New Year." 
Who says that? Can I tell you something? This is embarrassing. I'm going to admit it to you and all of America. When I was young, I was a young kid. My grandma said Happy New Year, and I said back, no Happy New Year, and she cried. And I will never forget that moment. I've never felt How worse in my you? life. I don't know. I was probably 10, 11. Wow. Maybe 13. I got no oh, clue. I was that's a punk. very emo. I was such a punk little emo yeah, kid. it is. And I still feel bad to this day. So, Grandma, if you're watching, Have I'm you written sorry. her a letter? I apologize profusely okay. through her tears, Ken. It was oh, never do that to your grandmas, let alone anyone. You know what you're Be doing kind. there? You're owning your past and changing your future. Wow. Yeah, there it is. Plugging Dr. Free John Deloney's for Dr. Book. John Deloney there. All right, before they take us off the air, let's get to a call. Uh, it's a free one, 888 Hey, that's important stuff. It was. Right? You're this right. Is, you call the show to talk about your life. And the unnecessary Happy New Year's need to stop at some point. The only thing more important is Ashley's question, and she's waiting with bated breath in Huntsville, Alabama. I'll let it go. Ashley, I'm sorry, and Happy New Year to you. <laughs> hey, Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. How happy can we help today? New Year. Yes, so I had a question for y'all today. Um, my husband and I just finished Baby Step 2. We started watching you guys last year, um, ended up paying off our car loan early and some credit card debt. And so we're on baby step three, um, currently saving about 10% for retirement while we fund our emergency fund. Um, but my question is, last year we ended up moving to a new primary resident. Um, we have about 400000 left on our $427,000 mortgage. Um, and we left our residence that we used to live in, put it up for rent, um, and we have about $150,000 left on that mortgage. Um, so I guess my question is, do we need to sell because we've considered moving back to our old residence just to get rid of our big mortgage. Um, do we sell one of them to move to the other, or do we sell the rental? Um, and then my other question is, we're, my husband and I don't agree on whether or not we need to pay off our loan, because we have a low interest rate on both the primary and the rental house. Um, and so he kind of wants to keep it for that full 30 years, and I'd like to try to pay it off earlier. That's like saying, hey, do we want to keep getting punched in the face? Because we're not getting punched that hard in the face. So my take is that I want to get rid of all debt that's stealing from my income. And once you do that, you're going to have total control of every dollar coming into your household. So there's a few things here I just want to point out. Right now, you're doing Ashley's plan, which is fine. But you're asking for our advice, and that's going to be the Ramsey baby steps, which is we are saving up that emergency fund, and we're not investing a dime into retirement until that's fully funded. So that's one. You said you were investing 10%. So I'd bring that 10% down to zero temporarily while we get the emergency fund in place. And on the housing okay. situation, could you guys move back into that rental? What made you move in the first place? Um, We were looking to get into real estate and to try to get some extra cash flow from a rental. Um, found a house we liked that was a little bit better because we're thinking about starting a family here soon. Um, so just wanted some bigger space. What's your household income? Um, right now, with both of our jobs, is one hundred and eighty thousand dollars, and then the rental is bringing in about twenty five thousand. Okay, and how much more space for this uh, little one? Um, we moved. It was about twelve hundred square feet, and our current home is now about twenty five hundred square feet. Okay, so it sounds like you need the the extra space in the twenty five hundred square foot one. I mean, yes. Would it be tough to go back? It has been good to be bigger. Okay. It would be very tough to go back, yes. Because based on the numbers, it sounds like you guys can healthily afford the mortgage payment making 180 a year. 
but I would sell the old one. I would never encourage anyone to have two mortgages at once. The way, if you went back in time, I would say, hey, let's pay off your primary residence. And then if you want to save up and pay cash for an investment property, you can do that. But right now there's a lot of risk hanging around. You're trying to do 17 things at once and you're not making the progress you should be making with your income. Okay. And I mean, how much time have you all have you all spent as a couple just talking through if you did what George told you to do, like what that windfall and how it would fast forward everything, how it would bring more peace? Have you guys sat down and really dreamed and kind of talked about what if? We have. We just don't agree. My husband's biggest thing is that we have such a good interest rate on both homes that he just thinks it's like wasting money to pay off the home in a sense. Well, I think that mindset Um, is going to continue to hold you guys back when you look at, well, it's a low interest rate, so let's just keep it hanging around our necks for fun. So I get that. I get that that's his response, George. But, but, but I mean, are you sitting there going, how much money would you make on that house if you sold it? What's it worth? We could, we could probably make at least 270 to 300 on it. 270 to $300,000. That's what you would make. Well, that would be the sale price of the home, and it, we have 150k left okay. on the loan. So, so we you might could get 150. 150. Okay, okay, but see, so yeah. that's the number. So if I'm sitting down with your hubs, and let's say I'm playing older brother with them, I'm going, okay, dude, you want to hang on to this house, and you're making 25,000 a year on it, but that doesn't include. I'm guessing that's your gross. That doesn't include expenses and upkeep. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So you're not making twenty five thousand. All it takes is one roof to be replaced in an HVAC, and so there goes all your profit. So let's just say, let's round down. Let's just say you guys are making eighteen on it. Okay. Net okay. versus the hundred and fifty after realtors fees or whatever. Let's just take those numbers. I'm looking at that, going, what would that do for us? This dude's getting all excited about eighteen versus I mean, one fifty and no debt. My goal is to owe no one nothing including the mortgage payments. His goal is to hang on to as much low-interest mortgage debt as possible because that's somehow a path to building wealth. And so we fundamentally disagree in that regard. Uh, You can try to change his mind. You can go through Financial Peace University with him, read the total money makeover. That's our plan, is complete freedom. Not let's try to be real estate gurus with a million dollars of debt hanging around our neck. Yeah, cast some vision about where that 150 would allow you to fast forward your life. He needs to see that. This is The Ramsey Show. Are you sick of planned obsolescence? You know, when companies make products crappy, so you have to buy more of their crappy products? Well, me too. And it's why I love companies like Grip6. Grip6 is all about quality products meant to last forever. That's why their comfortable, bulk-free belts, slimline wallets, and lightweight wool socks all come with a lifetime warranty and simple returns and exchanges. So check them out at Grip6.com today and get up to 20% off with the promo code RAMSEY. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, Ramsey personality, joined by my colleague, Ken Coleman. And we are taking your calls at 888-825-5225. Now, many of you 
uh, have a goal to pay off some debt this year. And so we want to inspire you right now on the show with a debt-free scream. And to do that, we've got Dylan and Crystal joining us on the debt-free stage. How you guys doing? Doing well. Yeah, doing great. great. Where are you guys from? We are from Denver, Colorado. I love it. And how much debt did you pay off? We paid off $67,178. Wow. And how long did that take? About 28 months. Awesome. What was your range of income? Uh, We started out at 77,000 and ended uh, around 107,000. Awesome. What do you guys do for a living? Uh, So I am a nonprofit uh, program manager. And I worked in fraud prevention at a bank, um, but currently unemployed. Okay. Hey, uh, Dylan, do me a favor here. I'm producing the show all of a sudden. Pull that mic up closer. Yeah, to we want mouth. to be able to hear you. My bad. There, there we, go. we go. Hey, all guys, right. I got this, okay? It's Ken's okay. got it. I got it. I love it. So $67,000, what kind of debt was that? So it was a lot of student loans. Uh, we also had a car loan. Uh, we had some credit card debt. I think that was yep. most of it, yeah. And uh, some money that I stole. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, hello. Hold on. So you were in fraud prevention <laughs> At the bank. Did this happen while you were in fraud prevention? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> He's exaggerating. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Wow. So, the long story short, my mom had some money set aside for me for college, and she uh, trusted me with it. She, you know, wrote me a check, and I said, yeah, I'll use it just for school. And then I was unemployed for a little bit and uh, started dipping into it a little too much. So, wow. I finally confessed and said, I need to pay this back. Whoa. Is she here with you? She is. She's right here. She's this right is not here. the first time she's hearing this, I assume. <laughs> no. no. Okay, nope. good. She seemed unfazed by this information, so I was hoping so. Yeah, so, okay, wow. okay. so that's what you mean by you stole it. Uh, yeah, I got Misused, you. yeah. yeah. Misused. He's yep. not going to jail. No. no. Okay. No, no, that's no, good. No. Paid that's, it all back. Yeah. That's yeah. great. But that was a big turning point for us, so. Yeah. yeah. So what yeah. brought you to that I've had it moment where you guys said, we're doing whatever it takes to get rid of this debt? Yeah, so we were both raised the Dave way. We actually both did FPU as kids um, in our respective families. And uh, Dylan's mom is actually a coach, a uh, Ramsey coach. So oh, awesome. um, it's in it's in the family, but we both as young adults just made choices that sounded good to us, but weren't weren't wise. And so um, his, his thing being one of them. And um, when we were about to get engaged, that was really when we were having those big conversations about you know, what do we want our life to look like uh, when we're married? And so we started planning out before we got married how we were going to uh, move forward financially. Whoa. So how long have you guys been married? We got married uh, March of 2020. So almost three years. We got married right as the pandemic was happening. So we were one of those living room weddings. Um, yep. <laughs> wow. Yep, and yep. so soon after you got married, you were like, we're doing this plan. Yep. We got mm-hmm. to work. Yep. It worked out with the pandemic to where there was a lot of um, online food ordering. And so we did a bunch of DoorDash and uh, driving as dashers, not <laughs> not buying. Yes. Thank um, you for making yeah. sure people understood. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Just did a lot of side gigs. Um, I took a serving job at a restaurant a little bit later on. Um, he was working on finishing school as well. So yeah, we just hit the ground running. Wow. Yeah. And Sounds like you that. guys were pretty busy. We were. We were, yep. yeah. yeah. How'd you keep up that communication, the encouragement? Who walked alongside of you? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, we had so much support from our family and our friends, um, which really helped when we had to make those tough calls, you know, every every week when people wanted to hang out of, yeah, we can <laughs> we can do some stuff, um, but we can't do, we can't eat out all the time. Um, but yeah, we just, we had conversations all the time about here's what we're running after especially when we were tired. We were like, we need to go have a dreaming conversation. Mm-hmm. So we would go and dream about the kind of house that we want or the kind of um, travel we want to do. And that really helped keep us motivated. Yep. The life we want to live. 
Yep. And Dylan, I got to ask, your mom's a financial coach. Was she a part of this? Was she kind of like breathing down your neck or was it like, hey, mom, we got this? What was that situation like? Oh, man, she was amazing. She knew she just presented herself as a resource, but said, hey, I'm you. It's a choice that you have to make. Um, so I'll let you guys do your thing. But if you ever have any questions, let me know. And we definitely called on her a few times for, you know, do we do this or that kind of Wow. So decision. parents, if you're listening, that is how you do it. With healthy boundaries, very gently, not forcefully. That's yep. incredible. Wow. And I'm sure she's proud because you guys went through financial peace as kids and it didn't quite stick the first time. What yep. do you attribute that to? Just kind of your youth of just like, well, this stuff doesn't matter. I'm not an adult yet. I was definitely one of those people that was like, I'll just have the the credit card and I'll always pay it off. And I, I did. I never got into trouble with that. But I definitely, the wake up call for me was after my first year of my big girl job, I uh, did my taxes and saw how much I made. And I was like, I don't have that much in my bank account. Where, where did, did where that did go? It go? Yeah. Oh so, my goodness. Yep. Yeah, and uh, you can speak for yourself. Uh, yeah. I just decided my parents didn't know what they were talking about with credit cards. So I got some and uh, just... They, you know, they, they talk about the free spender. I'm like nine out of 10 on that test. I woke up one day with like $26,000 in credit card debt. And I was like, I couldn't breathe. I was making less than that per year. Wow. And, uh, uh, yeah, I was having panic attacks. And eventually I had to call my parents and say, hey, I've hid this from you. Um, and I need help. Wow. Yep. How did that feel when you finally let that out and shared, with that, shared that with your mom and dad? Oh, man, it was it's kind of like you know when you have to throw up you have all this pain but once it's out it's like oh that was painful but oh i can breathe now yeah. mm, that's a good analogy you guys are different rough, people good than analogy. you were three years ago five years ago you've yeah. totally transformed has this affected yeah. your marriage too oh absolutely i think just having a common goal um having to make hard choices together mm-hmm. we're both spenders um and so we're often having to help each other stay on track um yeah yeah. and from the day that we got married uh we've always shared a bank account i'm not we're not on anything that the other person's not on for that reason that's great so how does it feel to be completely debt free oh it feels awesome (laughs) we can actually have a levity and chillness to you i'm like yeah we're just vibing right now yep we can actually work towards something now we we got ourselves out of the hole now we can now we can go up. Mm. So. so what would you tell people, that other couple that's out there, they have a pile of debt, maybe they went through financial peace and it didn't stick. What is the key to debt freedom? Yeah. Uh, so there's two things. There's like practical steps and then I guess emotional steps. For practicality, what we did is uh, we got one month ahead on our expenses. So our, you know, our paychecks all, always go to our savings account. And then at the beginning of the month, we make a budget based on how much is in that account and transfer the money to our checking for all the bills and things. Um, So that's a practical thing that we do. Yeah. And then on the emotional side, like I said, just uh, keeping that dream central. Um, So constantly reminding ourselves why we're doing this um, because it it makes a lot easier to say no to the right now things if you're saying yes to the the long time things. What are you willing to sacrifice now Mm -hmm. for a better future? Mm. Yep. A great question to leave us with. That's you guys good. are incredible. We are so proud of you. We're going to make sure you don't leave uh, today without the Live and Give box to gift to someone else, to use it for yourselves. It includes two of uh, Dave's best-selling books, Total Money Makeover and Baby Steps Millionaires. That's the next chapter in your story. And, of course, one-year membership to Financial Peace University. 
maybe uh, it, you can show someone else who didn't stick the first time. You say, hey, go through this with us. We're going to lead a class, and the, this one's on us. We want to show you the way. Uh, so we'll make sure you guys get that. Thank you. We're so proud of you. All right, let's get to it. The moment we have all been waiting for. We've got Dylan and Crystal from Denver, Colorado. $67,178 paid off in 28 months, making seventy-seven up to $107,000. Door dashing and all. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, Three two, two, one. We're, we're debt-free! Debt and the crowd goes wild. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's fun to see, you know, it never gets old to watch people recount the journey. And then the countdown is kind of the final moment where they break through, you know, the the ribbon and they just did it. And that's what it's all about. Here's a young couple with their entire life in front of them. Favorite statement from the scream is when Crystal said, hey, now we can work towards something. Mm. Now they're dreaming. If you live like no one else later, you can live like no one else. That's going from surviving to thriving. That's what this plan's all about. Way to go, guys. We are so proud of you. And it's available to you, America, if you want it. It's there. It's on the other side of sacrifice and intensity and slashing expenses and making more money. But you do that for a short period of time, the rest of your life is going to be incredible. You can do this. This is The Ramsey Show. Listening to The Ramsey Show, I'm George Camel, joined this hour by Ken Coleman. Well, about this time of year, folks, we get flooded with calls because everyone is looking for a fresh start with their money, especially after a tough couple of years. So if that's you, you can't wish for things to change and expect it to happen. You've got to do some different things with your money. You've got to have a plan, and we can teach you that plan in Financial Peace University. This is the course that will help you rethink how you manage your money, and you're going to learn step-by-step how to pay off debt and build wealth. And nearly 10 million people have gone through Financial Peace University. They followed this plan and changed their lives. I am a recipient of that. This plan worked for me and it can work for you. Don't try to reinvent it. Don't try to do your plan. It just doesn't work. We've dialed this thing in. When you intentionally follow this plan with a focus intensity, this year can and will be different. You're going to have more peace in your finances and your life. It's the best thing you can do this year for your money. Start Financial Peace University right now at RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. That's RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. All right, it is time for our question of the day. Randy emailed in from the great state of Arkansas. He writes, I am trying to decide if I should keep my job as assistant branch manager at a bank making $31 per hour or take a new job at a superior courthouse making $24 per hour as a legal process clerk. At the bank, I have to pay around $300 for health benefits per biweekly paycheck. And the courthouse benefits are paid 100% by the court. Both jobs offer opportunity to grow. I'm 35 years old, married with two kids. What do you think I should do? Well, Randy, I think you should do the work or do the job that puts you on the ladder to grow where you really want to go. 
And this entire question seems like it's built on benefits, George, the cost of benefits. And so you're the numbers guy, George. All right, so he's making $31 per hour right now at the bank. But he has to pay $300 for health benefits per biweekly paycheck. So I'm guessing now that's $600 a month. Is my math still correct, George? That sounds right. All right, so $600 a month. Um, and 70, 7200 a year? 7200 a year. The question is, is that, is that before or after taxes? My guess is that's before taxes. I would hope that's that's the benefit. I don't know. But either way... Let's assume that. Let's assume that. But either way, you're looking at $7,200. So if we just take the 31 per hour and you you put that you know course of year, if he's just doing 40 hours a week and you play all that out, do the math on that, um, then you look at it from a an apples to apples. But I, I think he's still better off yeah, he's, he's in making, the bank situation. He's making uh, almost 15 grand more at the bank. Okay, so if you subtract, and again, I don't think it's minus the he's he's losing by moving to the courthouse, even yeah. though they're paying for yeah. that. So you just got to look at the numbers, because in one, what well, what happens is, is when you don't look at the big picture, George, then then there's emotion instead of facts. The emotions go, ugh, I'm paying six hundred dollars a month yeah. for health care, and at the courthouse, I'd pay zero. Well, you're making a whole lot less. Yeah, I never want to make any decisions just based on a benefit alone. Never, ever, ever. That's my professional advice. Don't so take a job. Take the numbers based off the table. Solely on benefits. Would you rather be an assistant branch manager at a bank or would you rather be a legal process clerk? That's right. And which one are you better at? Which and one do you have more passion for? He, he puts in there that both jobs have an opportunity for growth. Well, again, let's look at them side by side. Where do each job? What? Where does each job take me? Okay, if I grow here on the bank side, where does that take me? If I grow here on the the courthouse side or, or whatever the city or municipality or the county, where does it take me? And which direction do I want to go? That's the decision process. And my guess, just a hunch, that in banking there is a higher trajectory for salary. Or there's growth. no question with the state or government, state or. Uh, uh, municipal government. Unless he's going to go yeah, go to law capped. school and become a lawyer, yeah. I think it's going to be tough to get to a, a much higher level of income. So he's 35 with two kids. I'm sticking with Me the too. bank job for now. And maybe that's not even the career path. Maybe there's something totally different out there for you. You got to explore that. Don't yeah. just settle because you go, well, it's, it's a good, safe job. I provide for my family. Go after something that really gives you the juice, as Ken would say. Oh, I love hearing you say that, George. Thank you. Great question. Thanks so much for emailing in. It's an open uh, open phones right now. 888-825-5225. Let's talk about your life, your money, your work, your purpose. Ian uh, is up next in Annapolis, Maryland. Ian, welcome to The Ramsey Show. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. How can we help today? So my wife and I have been huge followers of Dave Ramsey for about the past 10 years. Uh, we're active, or I'm active duty Navy, and I have been for about 14 years now. And we move every three years. Now, my question for you guys is, right now we have finished baby step five. And we have no debt. We have our daughter's colleges completely paid for. We're trying to figure out, is it better to buy a house or keep living in military housing and saving five grand a month? Uh, until we retire from the military. How many years would that be? Uh, so I have, I'm at 14 now. It'd be about six or seven at the earliest. And you're saving five grand a month? Uh, ex- not including our 20% to our TSP or our 401k. Wow. So on we're top of that, you just have five grand in cash you can put in a savings account every month. 
Yes, sir. So we're putting it right now, we're putting about three grand into our non-retirement account. And we're putting about 2000 to 2500 in our money market account. Cool. And the non-retirement, is that, that being invested, you're saying, in a brokerage account? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. S&P 500. So just our, we're putting three grand to a just an S&P 500, and we're putting about 2000 to 2500 every month into our money market. Essentially just a savings account. Yes, sir. Okay. So you've got an index fund growing over there. You've got the savings account. I think there's, there's a lot of wisdom there. And you're saying, hey, five to seven years from now, this money could turn into 300, 500 grand. Yes, sir. Right? And paying cash for a house. I love that plan. And what's, yes, what's we, the other side of the coin here? Uh, so we move every three years. Obviously, we, we, we bought a house at our last command. Absolutely loved it. Uh, we did really well with selling. I uh, just put that money into our index. And now we're, you know, we have about a year and a half left until we move again. And we're just trying to figure out, everyone's telling us, obviously, buying. Buying has done really well for us in the past. Uh, but right now we're happy in military housing. We don't pay bills. We don't pay utilities. Uh, we're just trying to figure out, are we making a mistake uh, living I, in military housing? I don't no. think you're making a mistake. No, you're, you're, you're making the wise decision. Because five years from now, yes, you're paying sir. cash for a house while the rest of the goons who are making fun of you yeah. are paying off their 30-year mortgages. And I, so, yeah, I don't know who these goons are that would be making fun of you. I mean, this is brilliant. This is... Well, sir, and, yes, sir. And today, is mil- a lot of military people from what I've met, um, they buy houses everywhere they go and they rent them out. So everyone around us is telling us we're making a mistake being in military housing and we should be buying and... They think ab- it's a life hack because they haven't gotten burned by playing this game and uh yes, you, you simply don't need to play the game regardless of what profit they say they're making uh, because all it takes is one emergency scenario where they've got to pay the hvac or the roof or the renter stops paying or there's another pandemic and it's illegal to evict and yeah. your tenant doesn't pay so this is this is a dangerous situation uh when you've got a mortgage attached to it and so yeah. i would keep going the route you're going even if you bought and you uh, once you move a year and a half from now you want to buy in the next place and you hold on to that for three years you would be totally fine. I don't think there's any yes, a lack of wisdom in that hey, either. Ian, I got to ask you this very quickly. Did we say anything that you didn't have that you hadn't already thought of before you called the show? Absolutely not, sir. No. Everything you guys said just reaffirmed it. Right. So uh, here's my point. My, you needed you needed a shot of confidence. Yes, and sir. I'm telling you, you got it. You yes, sir. are a wise young man. You have to drown out all these other people. You got to decide what life you want to live and live yes, it. Sir. That's exactly what I need. Like you guys just, re, we, you reaffirmed it yesterday. We, we listened to you the entire day and we just, we figured it'd be best to hear it from you guys directly. So glad you called and Man. thank you for your service. Yes, You're a great you American. So wow. What a sharp guy. That gave me a lot of encouragement. And it also reminded uh, me, Ken, like you mentioned, drown out all the noise, all the negativity. Everyone's saying you're doing it wrong. If you are living your life with the goal of complete debt freedom where your income, your greatest wealth building tool stays with you, that is a great plan in good times and bad. So I'm sticking with that plan. I'm taking that to the bank. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to my co-host, Ken Coleman, all the folks in the booth keeping the show afloat, and you, America. Thank you so much for listening in. Share the show if you enjoyed it with, with a friend, someone who needs to hear this message, and we'll be back real soon. Hey folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? Get your daily dose of advice on life and money. 
Check out all of our shows from the Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts.